Thanks for joining us for today's sermon. We are always so encouraged to hear how God is working in your life. If the messages of this church have touched you in some way, please share that with us by clicking on the contact tab at lifesc.org to send us an email. And if you would like to give to this ministry, you can do so online to help us bring messages just like this one to you each week. It is our prayer that God blesses you through this message today. We're going to go to John 19 and 30 today, and we're going to look at the scripture, Luke 24. And really that whole chapter, if you want to read a beautiful chapter about the resurrection, you can go and read Luke 24 today. Amen, somebody. I just really feel like I want to talk to you for a minute about how God is able to finish some things. Have you ever been in a situation where you didn't feel like it was finished? Hello, somebody. Have you ever been stuck, felt stuck in a situation where no matter what you thought you could do, no matter how you tried to explain it, no matter how you tried to work on it, you just felt like there's going to be some things that didn't get finished? Anybody there before? I really feel like this is a good word for you today if you've been here and you said yes to that because I want to talk about following Jesus Christ, but I want to talk about following a finisher. Amen? He's the greatest finisher. So John 19 and 30, if you have that, it'll be in the Bible, on the Bible in the sky, as I call it. The Bible says this, When Jesus, therefore, had received the vinegar, he said, It is finished, and he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. That is King James Version, for he gave up his spirit, or he died. Anyone glad that he died for you? Amen. That was not something he had to do. He was an innocent man. He died for us. And then Luke 24, 1 through 36, I'm going to read a little bit of that to you today. Now upon the first day of the week, very early in the morning, everyone say early in the morning, and Jesus wanted to make sure it was the first thing he did, was let us know he was resurrected. They came into the sepulcher bringing spices, which they had prepared and certain others of them, and they found the stone rolled away. That's a good message right there. Can you imagine that moment, walking up and seeing the stone rolled away from the sepulcher of the tomb? And they entered in and found not the body of the Lord Jesus. And it came to pass as they were much perplexed. They were like, oh no, he's been stolen. He's not here. They're about, behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. So that would be a little bit freaky wouldn't it and they said and they were afraid as you and I would be as well and bowed down their face to the earth and they said unto them why seek ye the living among the dead why are you trying to find something living where there's dead things go ahead and preach with me right there he is not here but he is risen remember how he spake unto you when he was in yet in Galilee, when he was yet in Galilee, the, the, the angel said, don't seek living things among dead things. And they said something else. He's risen. That's a good word. And then they said, remember what he said. So today I want to talk to you on this Easter Sunday, this resurrection Sunday, that God is a finisher. He knows how to fix it. He knows how to fulfill it, and he knows how to finish it. And we're going to preach today in Jesus' name. Would you put your Bibles down and just go to the Lord one more time together with me? Jesus, we ask you to move in this house. Let your spirit have free reign, and I ask it to be powerful and anointed. Your word is already anointed, but let it come alive in our hearts in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. amen. You may be seated in the house of the Lord. Have you ever had a situation where you needed something fixed 
and maybe it was a car or maybe it was an issue with a with an appliance and you called someplace to have them send a service person which is already really expensive amen and they send some service guy out and he's only been working for the company for like a week and he asks you questions and you know that he doesn't know what he's doing how many know that brings no comfort to you at all you're like well I could have fixed it like this guy's fixing it I could have figured it out but that's not the way it is with Jesus Christ because he is not just a God who's able to find us in our need he's a God who's able to meet our need you have to understand that he's not a God that sits up on his high and lofty throne and says, well, they've got a problem down there, but I'm not willing to go down and fix it. Instead of saying, you know what, it's their issue. They're the ones that took of the forbidden fruit. They're the ones that didn't choose me. God doesn't cop an attitude, amen? God decided that he was going to come down and save us and he was going to do it through the womb of a woman and he came legally into this earth amen that's why when Jesus is walking the earth in different places and spirits cried out because they knew who the Messiah was they said who are you and why are you here in other words they were asking are you legally able to be walking the earth as God because when you see the scriptures and you understand that God cannot come to earth unless he comes through man and when he came as a man he was able to have the authority and the power to fix everything that broke when we took of the forbidden fruit I promise you the story is old but it doesn't get old to me I, I know it's a little bit uh, traditional but sometimes there are some things that I really like to stand up and shout about and this is one of those things he fixed it for me and he fixed it for you and I'm excited today because I know a God that knows how to fix things he doesn't show up and try to figure it out he had it all figured out before the problem even arose before we needed a fix I talked on that a little bit last week he can fix what is broken and I'm grateful that he took on my sins and my pain and my suffering on a cross amen I was born in the south and we have this word in the south and I have rightful use to it I like me and Reese's Pieces over there we like to use the word y'all every once in a while because he was born you know it's just one of those things we if you have a southern tradition you have family that uses words that don't really make sense anywhere else on the globe but down south they know what they mean and there's this word down south that we use is called I'm fixing I'm fixing to do so anybody ever heard somebody use that and you're like you're 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 getting ready to get ready to do something right that's you're going you're going that's what it means I'm fixing to do this means I'm getting ready I was just about to I'm going to now go and do this and so whenever we talk about Jesus I want you to know that I feel like saying that he was fixing my life but he's fixing to do a whole lot more in my life amen I, I feel like my grandmother standing up here tonight whenever she would have dinner for us over at the house and she'd be taking away the main course and she'd say hold on to your fork because the best is yet to come because she'd always make a really good dessert and I knew that even though I didn't get through all the meals she wouldn't hold out on me my grandma was not like well if you don't finish all them potatoes you're not getting dessert I would actually push my food to the edge of the plate it was kind of funny as long as the center of the plate was empty I felt like I ate the whole plate and she's like uh, okay she'd remove my plate and there'd be a ring of food around the plate because I had pushed it to the center and pushed it off and tucked it under it's all gone grandma I'll bring on the dessert because I knew the best was yet to come come amen 
So even as a child, I was excited about what was fixing to happen. I, I feel like when things get broken in life and in our world, we feel like we see things moving from order to disorder. There's, there's theories and there's different scientific processes that tell us that things move from order to disorder. And we see all that. We watch it happen. We drive a car and it breaks down eventually. We see things on our house that need to get painted again. And we see the order to disorder structure. And sometimes we can walk into the church and think that that same process is still at work in God's church but I want you to know he fixed it and he's now taking it from disorder back to order and he's turning it all around so God in his power and in his might has redirected it through a redeeming savior I'm grateful that I can stand here and say that God can't fix it amen 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 somebody so I'm preaching about he's he can fix it if you don't want him on the job don't ask him to step in because the second you ask it, he starts to work on it. I was reading through all the accounts this week and the Holy Week, as they call it, and I was just getting refreshed on all the stories. And there's times where I just sit, and you know, and Christians they don't have a tear in their beer; they have a tear in their Bible. <laughs> and I was just sitting there, and I just began to cry over all the things that he'd done and that he had done. That's another that he had done, that he was doing. And I, I just saw what, what a beautiful story it is that Jesus did for me. And, and sometimes it's good to see when God is fixing it, but sometimes you can't see him at work, but he's still fixing it. Amen? And so I reminded myself that, that Calvary was a beautiful picture of what he did for me, but he's not done at Calvary. There's still a tomb that he was laid into, and there's still a resurrection day coming. And so I know this because even though it's an old story, it's new every morning to me because his mercies come fresh every day to me. And I'm grateful that I can celebrate a risen Savior. Amen, somebody? Amen. So he didn't just fix it at, on Calvary because I've been to the cross. He's fixing it every day for me. He's fixing it every day for me. And I mean bend to the cross. I don't mean just shake a preacher's hand and, and get a card and, and join a church. I'm talking about really be, have really gone to the cross, repented of your sins. He fixes it when you do that, amen? He fixes it when we repent of our sins. He, I mean really washed in the blood of Jesus Christ. How many know it was fixed at Calvary? And, and really sanctified by his spirit, which means that he will fix everything. So he's fixed it, he's fixing it, and he's going to fix it. I really enjoy that about my Savior because whenever I see him hanging on the cross, I realize that that looks so final. It looks so finished. And then Jesus himself stand, you know, shouting with a loud voice as he gave up the ghost. And, and, and I, I just roll back a few, a few scripture sentences and I see that he said his final words. And when he said his final words, it was literally him taking care of every single sin that man could ever conjure up. Every single wicked deed. Every single action that could not be covered in a court of law and could not be made restitution for. He made restitution for as he redeemed us on Calvary when he hung there for you and me. When he stretched out his hands and they pierced his wrists and they pierced his feet, it meant that he could heal us, he could deliver us, and he could save us. Jesus can fix anything. 
He can fix somebody who's taken somebody's life. He can fix somebody who's lived a life of, of improper uh, lifestyle. He can do all kinds. I'm trying to be appropriate here. He can do all kinds of things with someone who surrenders their life to him. And that is good ground to be on. Amen. Jesus is the rock and I know this when I think about the rock and I think about the fact that I'm not just hoping when I call on Jesus that he sends something that fixes it I know that when he shows up at the door he's well able to accomplish what I've asked him to do he's not just a new fix it man he's been doing it a long time even in his suffering I I see him whipped with a cat of nine tails, striped on his back that bore for us sickness and pain and suffering. And, and he was wounded, the scripture says, for our transgressions. And he was bruised for our iniquities. And the chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. So I know that healing being past tense in that scripture means that if I will just put my faith in God, he will do something amazing. If I can just muster in myself the ability to hand it off to God, I can't handle it. You can't handle it. We don't know how to handle some things life throws at us. But if we will give it to God, he will take it and he will take charge of it. Somebody say amen. Even when it seems like suffering, loss in life, my footing is secure in Jesus Christ. I kind of think of it about, uh, kind of like this, as putting on a pair of boots and walking into a new sidewalk that's freshly been poured of cement and then just standing there till the cement sets. He's fixed it. It's fixed. So if I'm fixed by Jesus Christ, I'm set on the rock of Christ Jesus. So no matter how the winds of life try to blow me over, no matter how much the enemy comes and knocks me down, I may fall over a few times, but I can always get back up. And the beauty of having a life surrendered to Jesus Christ is no matter how many times I get knocked down, I never lose ground. Somebody help me preach right now because I'm fixed in Christ. Christ Jesus. I'm set in him and I've made my decision. I choose Jesus. As for me and my house, we decided we're going to serve the Lord because nobody can fix it like Jesus. Amen. So I stare down discouragement at sometimes and I just tell myself Jesus can fix this. I stare down depression. Maybe you do too sometimes and say, Jesus can fix this. I stare down an empty bank account. Not anymore, but I used to. And I say, Jesus can fix this. I stare down addiction sometimes and say, Jesus can fix this. I'm just saying in general. I stare down promotion sometimes that try to go to, to another person on the job. But I know that God has that promotion for me. And I stare it down and I say, Jesus can fix this. I don't care about the politics Jesus can step in and fix this I stare down hurt I stare down pain I stare down suffering I stare down loss because loss is never a tomb that stays there there's always a resurrection so I just keep telling my faith and informing my spirit that Jesus can fix this amen somebody Jesus can fix it he's always got the last word he said it is finished Period. Done. Over with. Kaput. <laughs> well, fill in the blank. <laughs> it's done. Jesus is a finisher and I'm following him. Amen. And so that means his finished work 
lays into my life. So whatever I feel like is left undone, God shows up and takes care of it for me. He fights my battles for me. So whenever I'm running the race that the Bible says in Ecclesiastes is not to the swift, and I'm fighting a battle that is not to the strong, I know this, I am going to meet victory in Jesus Christ because that's who I'm following. I'm not following man's ideas. I'm not following my best, my best guess or my best judgment or the things that come from my best experiences, I'm following after Jesus Christ. And that means victory is waiting for me. Amen. I'm glad to be following a visitor, uh, following a finisher that can fix it. I started to read victory in Jesus, and I put the two together and said, following a visitor. If you're here <laughs> and you're a visitor, apparently I like to follow you. Have you ever been behind somebody that just won't move? Have you ever done that? I mean, you stop. You can't move forward if you're behind somebody that's not moving forward. So if we're serving and following Jesus, he's constantly moving us forward. We never have a moment where we stop. If, sometimes I follow my wife home from church. We bring two cars to church. And sometimes we'll be stopped at a light and we'll be sitting there and maybe she's looking at her phone or something and the light will turn green. And I have this flashback, this, this moment where I can like lay on the horn and then sleep in the doghouse. Or I can just wait for her to look up and see that the light is turned green. I can't do anything until she moves. The light's green. I have permission to go, but I can't go sitting behind her because she's in front of me stopped. I maybe can go in another lane. I may move over and, and cut her off. I don't plan to do that because that would put me in the doghouse as well. And I'm a very smart man. I only have to do one, something one time. You know, maybe in my 20s, I might have done that. But now I'm in my 40s, and I don't really try to pick fights anymore, okay? It's just not good for me. It doesn't work out for me because the husband's always wrong. Hello, somebody. <laughs> I'm getting off course. Let's get back to the Easter sermon. But sometimes I'm sitting there going, is she going to go? Is she going to go? And she doesn't do this all the time. I have permission to go. The light couldn't get any greener. <laughs> but I'm behind something that's not moving. I could get out. I could make it seem like I'm moving. I could change my oil. I could check stuff on the car. I could clean the car out. But I'm not going anywhere because the thing that's in front of me is not moving. Therefore, I want to tell you that if you come to church frustrated about things that are not moving in your life, just know this. God has given you a green light. God has given you the opportunity to step into access that he has for you. And you have permission to move forward. Go ahead and step away from that relationship that fell apart because you know that God has given you the green light to move forward. Go ahead and say, you know what? That dream went ahead and died but I believe God's got something for me on the other side of that dream I'm going to keep moving forward I'm not stuck where I am because Jesus is never stuck where he was and I'm following a finisher my grandmother used to sing a wonderful story she'd stand in, in the pulpit every Sunday for many many years and sing I heard an old old story 
how a savior came from glory, how he gave his life on Calvary to save a wretch like me. Oh yes, we were a wretch, friends. Doesn't matter how secular Christian wants to remove the wretch. We were wretches. We needed God. I heard about his groaning of his precious blood atoning. Then I repented of my sins and won the victory. Oh, victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. He sought me. Thank you, God. And he bought me with his redeeming blood. He loved me ere I knew him. He loved me even though I didn't know him. And all my love is due him. Amen. He plunged me to victory he plunged me into victory how, how many know your baptism got you some victory he plunged me to victory beneath the cleansing flood I heard about his healing of his cleansing power revealing how he made the lame to walk again and caused the blind to see and I cried dear Jesus come and heal my broken spirit that's a good prayer to pray and somehow Jesus came and brought to me the victory I'm glad I'm following a finisher today I'm glad my victory is waiting either now or in glory but I am going to have victory in Jesus my Savior forever oh hallelujah oh hallelujah he sought me and he bought me he came after me when no one valued me I'm glad he knows how to fix it amen I, I wish you knew the full story of putting that points us at the significance of the blood in that story, but I don't know that I have time for from the coats of skins God killed for Adam to the Mosaic law of Levitical animal sacrifices. We see a blood trail that reminds us the importance of blood that remits man's sin. So when we sing about his cleansing blood, and you think that's kind of gross in 2016, but it's really not. It becomes a beautiful thing for us because we see Israel being commanded by Yahweh to put the lamb's blood on the doorposts in Egypt when the death angel passed over killing the firstborn but those who had the blood applied were spared and saved somebody said amen David brought the Ark of the Covenant back to Jerusalem as he slayed the blood of many animals because he was celebrating that God has atoned. God has come back to Israel. Even in Abraham's covenant of circumcision, God only activated his promises when there was blood in the cutting. And I'm grateful that we don't have circumcision anymore and we don't live under that. We now live under spiritual circumcision. Somebody said amen. Even in Abraham's covenant I I'm grateful that I'm attached to Abraham by faith but I'm grateful that I have a spiritual circumcision by the power of the Holy Spirit it concerns me and more and more ministries in Pentecostal are producing more gospel and more different things about the blood of Jesus Christ and we still are not fully understanding the weight of what we're preaching, the weight of what we're talking about, the power of the blood of Jesus. We need an old-fashioned baptism of the blood of Jesus Christ on a church that knows what it's like to speak the name of Jesus, the power of the blood and the Holy Ghost that falls on us and circumcises our life and makes us who we need to be in a covenant with God. I could not stand here today preaching if it did not happen in my life. His blood came and helped me and cleansed me. Paul said it like this. It is vain if what Jesus did was, it would be vain for us to believe in all of this if Jesus was not raised from the grave. Amen, somebody. 
So this Sunday we celebrate Resurrection Sunday because he fixed it. But the second thing is he fulfilled it. He fulfilled it. Over 300 major prophecies were fulfilled in Jesus Christ. The, the, the possibility of that even happening. A human being could not possibly keep all that straight in their head. The, the amount of words that were said, Jesus fulfilled them all. In fact, read through the story. You'll see time and time again where Jesus says, have you come to me with swords and staves? Have you come to take me away like with, with weaponry? And then he said, but because it is written or because it is prophesied, I shall be like a sheep led away to the slaughter. He talks about prophecies being fulfilled while he's actually living out what he's living out because he was surrendered to finishing, amen? And we sometimes don't realize that whenever God speaks over our life, God must finish what he speaks over our life. I don't know if you want me to get into this today, but when God says a word, he must fulfill that word. So I'm living right now on fulfilled prayers of my grandmother who is in the grave. Do you understand the power of a Messiah who fulfills all things? Prayers are eternal. So I'm standing here preaching today, Sister Carla, under the power of the fulfilled prayers of a grandmother who no longer is with us, but I still have the strength and the power to walk in fulfillment that Jesus is doing in my life. I wish I could make that real for you because David wrote almost 2,000 years before they ever created a Roman crucifix, before they ever even thought up the idea of crucifying a, a, a criminal of the state. That's what Jesus was. He caused insurrection. So therefore, he was a criminal of the state. And there was only the possibility of one for one. So therefore, another criminal of the state had to be released for Jesus. Jesus Christ and when Pilate said what should I do with Jesus they said crucify him crucify him and give us Barabbas so they gave one for the other and it was just like a picture of us we deserve death we deserve jail we deserve things that we didn't get caught for hello somebody we deserve some things and just because God's grace is upon us it reminds us that he took for us the substitute death so that we could have eternal life amen somebody that he died and fulfilled and so David writes that he would be killed and crucified in this way 2,000 years before they even thought up the way to do it and Jesus is walking out the fulfillment of the word Revelations 13 8 and says and all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him whose names are written in the book of life in the book of life of the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. He was slain before the world was created, fixed before there was failure. I'm grateful that he fulfilled it, amen. Redeemer is walking on the road. If you'd stay with me just a little bit longer, if I could pull you in. Redeemer's walking on the road and and he he's with the disciples. I was reading it this week and, and they're walking by that fig tree that he cursed. Remember that fig tree? And the disciples were blown away. They were like, Jesus, look at the tree you cursed. It's dead. And Jesus responds with only four words. Have faith in God. 
That's all he says. Have faith. Have faith in God. If we got to be more than 10 words, I'd have to take my shoes off. It's just the way it works for me. Have faith in God. And really, I really feel like what Jesus was communicating to his disciples is, though you don't see it working, it's still working. Though you don't lay natural eyes on it, that doesn't mean that supernatural eyes couldn't see it if you just had faith in God. If you believe God for something better in your marriage, in your home, in your child's life, if you believe God for more just because God has spoken it and then it seems like stuff is falling apart around you doesn't mean that God's not working on it. He would say here today in your brokenness, in your situation if you've surrendered it to God just go ahead and let there be a crucifixion in your life and let the resurrection come and God will show you that he's been working all along he's been working all along Philippians 3 and 3 to 14 there's a lot of different amazing things that happen for we the circumcision which worship God in the spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh we have no confidence in ourselves, but in Christ Jesus though I might also have confidence in the flesh if if any other man thinketh that he hath whereof he might trust in the flesh I more Paul says he goes if, if you think you did it good let me give you my let me give you my statistics just so you know I was circumcised the eighth day. I'm of the stock of Israel. I'm of the tribe of Benjamin, just so you know. I am actually a Hebrew of Hebrews. I'm actually touching the law of Pharisee. He sat at the feet of Galileo, I believe it was, and learned, and they have to remember the entire Pentateuch. Remember it. So he is saying, if you want to know how good I was in the flesh, I want you to know concerning zeal, I was a zealot. I persecuted the church. I wasn't afraid of what people thought of me. I killed people and took them away and enslaved and imprisoned them. And touching righteousness, which was in the law, I was blameless. I lived it better than everybody else, Paul said. But what things were gained to me were lost to Christ. And so he says, I would rather not tell you my statistics and tell you why I should be in the Super Bowl of the prophets. I'd rather let you know that I need God in my life and though I come to you and I'm not anything really to look at, I show up in the power of the Holy Ghost and in demonstration of the power of the Spirit. Yea, doubtless I count all these things lost for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and do count all of them but dung, that I might win Christ, that I may win Christ. He said, all of that doesn't matter if I can win Christ. And why would he say that? And be found in him, he says. He tells the church, be found in Jesus Christ. Be found in the finisher. He says, not having mine own righteousness. It's not my righteousness. We're all, we're not better than anybody else, but it's his righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ. The righteousness which is of God by faith. And then this is my favorite verse right here. That I may know him. 
He said, when I am found in him, the finisher, and when, my, when it's his righteousness and not my righteousness, this is what happens, that I may know him. I do all that, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. The power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering being made conformable unto his death by any means I might attain unto resurrection of the dead. In other words, he's saying that I am found in him and I have surrendered all that I might win him. And therefore, I want to know only the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering. You can't have it without either one. You need the power of the resurrection of Christ in your life. But you also have to know that there's going to be some fellowship with suffering. That's not a popular message. But until you go through suffering, you won't celebrate a resurrection. Until you've lost something, you don't know what it's like to hold on to something beautiful. Until something has walked away, you don't appreciate those that have stayed. Hear me right now in the Holy Ghost. If they could leave you, they will. But if they can't leave you, that's because they were meant to be with you. And I preach to somebody in this room who's had somebody walk away from you in your life. If they left, let them go. Because if they could leave, they will. But if they can't leave, then God has them in your destiny. But anyone that can walk away from you, God does not need to fulfill your destiny in him. Oh my goodness. If there is a resurrection waiting on every one of us, if a job leaves or if we lose that house or if something goes the way we didn't think it was going to go, let it go and reach to win Jesus Christ. Lay all things down for the process of reaching for Jesus Christ. Because when you do that, I promise you there's a resurrection waiting for you because he will fulfill his work in you. And the last thing is, everyone say the last thing. It is finished. It is finished. So Paul says this, brethren, I count it not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do. He said, forgetting those things which are behind. I preached to somebody to take down the rearview mirror today. You've got a brighter future than your past could have ever been if they would have stayed. You've got a brighter future if you would have kept that job. But God's got more for you. Have faith in God. Not as though I had already attained either already perfect, but I follow after. I follow after. That's what he says in verse 12. He says, I follow after a finisher. I know Jesus finished because he died on the cross for me. If that I might apprehend for that which I was apprehended. If, if I can get a hold of what God wanted me to get a hold of in my life. If I could reach and grab a hold of that thing that I'm supposed to be after. I promise you this. If you get a hold of Jesus' garments, you will have victory in your life. All you need to have is Jesus because he's the way, the truth, and the life. Get a hold of Jesus, that thing for which you were apprehended. He came. Brethren, I count it not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth under those things which are before me. I press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. You can't have what God has for you looking backwards. You simply cannot. How many have a press toward the mark of the high calling of Christ Jesus in your spirit today? How many want more from God?
Our Savior was successful, amen? Our Christ, he is a closer, amen? He knows how to finish. There's a story that I wanted to share with you as I was closing, and today I hope that you have a beautiful Easter and that God does amazing things for you in all of the ways that he works. I, I promise you, I don't know how he can finish some things that he finishes, but he does it. I'm a witness to that. There was a story that I heard about in 1992 Olympics in Barcelona. It was Derek Redman. I don't know if you've ever heard of this story. It's an old story. Derek Redman was a world-class runner in the 400-meter race. He'd broken records. He was running for Britain. And they took off out of the gate. The gun went off, and he started running, and they did real good in the first lap. But when he was coming around the second lap, his hamstring ruptured in the back of his right leg. And he had been training, and he had gone through the anguish of honing his body so that he could compete at an Olympic level. And when his hamstring went, all he could do was hop and hold his leg. And he kneeled down on the track. And he literally sat there, kneeled as the runners ran away from him. And, the, and this has been... This has been something that has been used by Nike, and they've Nike had this whole courage thing that they did with it. And there's been other places where it showed up because it wasn't just that he knelt down and held his leg and thought, it's over for me. I'm done. But he stood back up, and he began to limp. And as he began to limp, he couldn't run. They, the race was done. It was finished. It was over. There was no reason for him not to just turn and walk off the track. He was literally disqualified because of the injury. How many know that the devil would like to convince you that you're disqualified because of injuries in your life? But you have to do something. You have to grab a hold and stand back up, even if it's limping, because the race isn't to the swift. It's to the finisher. Amen? We've got to finish. And so what he did is he started limping and running. And he, he just kept doing this. And he slowly got a little bit faster. But he couldn't run at all because his right leg was completely destroyed in, in the hamstring area. So he, he began to limp along. And there's was, there was people from the committees and the different Olympic committees, that, the, the security guards that started to run out to try to help him. But before they could get to him, his father had already hit the actual running track to run to him, to help him. And he came alongside him. And he's already weeping because of the loss he's feeling the loss of all of the years and all of the effort and all of the diet and all of the work to get my body in shape to be in this moment right here he was supposed to be a winner and yet now he feels all the weight of losing and his dad comes alongside him and puts his arm around him and lifts him up and they both start limping and the security guards keep coming around trying to get him to take him off the track because there's another event and his father keeps flagging him off say get out of here get out of here you don't know what I put in my son I put in him a finishing spirit I put in him the ability to finish get out of here and so they start just like moving out of the way and that father took that boy and they limped their way to the finish line and as they were coming around the last section the entire audience stood and began to cheer over the beautiful humanitarian impact of that story of I might be down but I'm 
not out. You may take the, the, the race and discontinue me, but I am still a finisher. And I've come to help somebody help me preach this morning that the Father which is in heaven came down and robed himself in flesh so that he could finish for us and show us and put inside of us a spirit on the day of Pentecost of a finisher and now lives inside of me in this tabernacle of flesh the spirit of almighty God and so whenever I stumble whenever I get hurt whenever I fall down I cannot stay you disqualify me if you want to you mock if you want to you make jokes if you want to but I've got the spirit of a finisher inside of me and I'm going to finish the race that is set before me I am going to finish my course. I am going to keep my faith. You may stand with me today. You're wrong if you think me falling means I'm not finishing. You're wrong if that relationship left and it means I'm going to suck my thumb and just wish it wouldn't have all fallen apart because whatever fell apart is not what I needed to finish. And so I make this declaration to you. He knows how to make the wrong things right. And he's put in me the spirit of the Holy Ghost. And when his spirit rises up in me, it's usually when I need strength and when I need to finish. Everybody else says, you don't have to do that, Pastor. You don't have to get loud like that in the pulpit. You don't have to get excited when you pray in the war room. Come on up, team. You don't have to do all those things. You really don't have to be that sacrificial in your giving. You don't have to put your life out there on the line and start a church. You don't have to do all that, Pastor. It's really not necessary because, you know, people just don't really appreciate it the way they used to. I'm not serving God for people. I'm not serving God for applause. I am not serving God. God even for the crowd that appreciates my story when I get back up and I limp to the finish line but I promise you this it is not the limping that I'm celebrating it is the fact that I still have the opportunity to finish it is still the fact that Jesus is waiting on me in glory and he's saying come on son I know it's not easy I've been through that suffering I've been through that struggle I know what it's like I was acquainted with grief I know what it's like to feel pain I I suffered for you and died on a cross. I yelled my last breath and gave up the ghost and I finished it and you can too because I put my spirit in you and I'm not going to leave you alone. I'm going to make you a finisher. Amen, somebody. I believe in God today. Philippians 1 and 6, I close with this. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion. Everyone say completion. Until the day of Christ Jesus. I am so glad I am following a finisher. How about you? Let's celebrate God today. Amen. Let's sing together. Let's sing this song as a bunch of finishers. Would you commit today? Would you come down to the altar and pray? Can we just come out here and celebrate Jesus for a minute? If, he, if you've never been filled with the Holy Ghost, you can be filled with God's Spirit right now while we're together worshiping. Come on, together, even all of us. We're just going to hang out down here for a minute, and we're going to worship the Lord. He's, he's risen. risen.
I've got the spirit of a finisher in me. How about you? I've got the spirit of a finisher in me. Jesus be lifted higher, we serve. 